When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the podcast, we complete our mission on planet SR388. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and lore behind some of our favorite video game universes. I'm your host, Neil. And I'm Lawrence. And we're wrapping up our discussion on Metroid 2 Return of Samus. And Lawrence, just to check in, where were you Where were you at exactly when we had left the last one? I think you had the Varia suit and you went through a couple of beams already, right? Right. I had the uh, Varia suit and I had the wave beam and lost it and so i was you know old faithful the ice beam which i'm sure you found out pretty quickly uh that's not the same ice beam from the last one exactly exactly huh no it's the uh lukewarm ice beam of lies i've come to <laughs> come to realize these metroids are evolving they're adapting right and i've and i went through uh two evolutions of metroid so mm-hmm. They were still flying around at the time. It's it's just horrifying when you can't stop them anymore, since that was they were the big threat at the end of uh, the original Zero Mission, and that was the whole point. You know, freeze them, five missiles, great, we did it. No R- more. Right. And honestly, I can see why they were considered such a great threat to the galaxy. And they didn't even know they could evolve. Nobody knew except for you when you found out. Right. So I'm like, everybody was complaining about, you know, fighting those like larva with teeth. I'm like, right. Wait till you see a queen. (laughs) (laughs) So now that you've completed the game, uh, what do you have uh, some more questions just about the world in general? Um, Yeah, actually, I have a a couple questions. So like the last time we discussed like the Chozo's hand in creating the Metroid and then like like from what I from what I see now and and from like my own personal experiences with the last games, it seems like you could have I, I don't know. It seems like Metroid come about in a few different ways. I guess is the good way to put it. So like, what came first, the Metroid Queen or those floating death Metroid larvae? <laughs> Fantastic question. The Metroid or the egg? So the original larva that we encounter, like in like in universe Metroid, like oh the Galactic Federation found these, created on SR three eight eight, like fought them on Zebus, like that's what came first. That creature was created. Um, so that so that Metroid larva was the first creature created. It was created on SR three eight eight, and because that happened, they needed more. They didn't know this evolution was going to happen. They, they, the Chozo weren't sitting around to see what's going to happen with the Metroid. They clone it by exposing it to beta rays the same way as that the pirates were cloning it uh, on Zebus. So what happened was you have all these creatures and you don't know what's going to happen with them because you don't have time. And one eventually, possibly the very first one, 
evolved into the Metroid Queen. So okay, so so far in this in this timeline of uh, timeline of like evolution or, or yeah. lifespan, so you can either create a ton of Metroid by blasting them with some sort of like like we say, beta yeah, rays. The theory. only real explanation we have. Okay, yeah. you can blast them with a beta ray and make more Metroid. Or right. we have the whole queen situation. Right. And that's just a horrifying concept, honestly, is that queen Metroid. Um, that It's a horrifying creature because it lays eggs. No one knew that these things were going to organically reproduce. And it's not even real reproduction. It just it, it does it on its own. It doesn't need a mate or anything. There's no, you know, Omega Metroid doing its thing with it. But uh, it, it it's motherly. Like, it's raising these Metroids. Like, the pit the pits on the queen's armor nurture baby metroids to the larval stage uh you know and if that metroid has the genetic potential no one knows what causes it but if it has the potential it will go pat from the omega stage to the queen stage and it seems like it's almost like a bee colony or something you know there's only one at a time yeah and that, that was one of the things that i had had kind of picked up that yeah it's like we only have one queen right now but we have a lot of like higher level metroid the deeper we go down it's almost like they're in that cave you know protecting the queen so to speak from like any foreign intruders right and like we spoke about the last episode the deeper you go the less regular enemies there are and then you find those two omega metroids and you're like oh these things definitely slaughtered anything that came through here right i can still hear their like that really shrill eight yeah. like yeah thing like <laughs> sound they in were sleep. not the omega but the stage before the zeta metroids seeing those in the remade game were absolutely horrifying because like they're in the original like they're just these fat pudgy little round guys and you're like oh they're kind of cute like right they're they're practically the xenomorph in the new game and it's it's wild but back back to the queen real quick i don't know if you noticed this uh like just speaking about how it's motherly and these metroids obviously are like any creature trying to ensure the survival of their species in the fight with the queen you can take a tunnel under it if you're low enough on health and to get out of there and you come across a broken statue that holds the ice beam and you can you can infer that these metroids destroyed it just you know they need to survive there's an ice beam statue right next to it get that out of here so you can go pick up the ice beam you can still even blast the queen with it it'll barely work but you can do it instead of using 150 missiles, missiles. yeah which you did you defeat the queen with missiles yes i defeated the queen with missiles um did you, know, you did you find out about the better way to do it oh uh, yes i did actually which was funny. oh isn't it satisfying right yes and it was weird because i got that ice beam and i didn't Hey, I guess I didn't pay attention to what you were just saying, where it's like, hey, this is just like, you know, there's this ice beam over here, and it was just like destroyed by these things, because they're like, hey, what what can harm us? It's ice. Right. That's that's actually funny. I was just like, oh my is god. Is the one environmental thing not on SR388? There's no icy cavern or room or anything, so you know, like, the Chozo definitely made that as a weakness in it to control it if it got uh out of hand probably most likely but they didn't expect it to evolve which is why it's not working on the alpha the gamma the zeta the omega you know yeah and it makes sense because they're like essentially like housed in this volcano so it's like hey what you know 
if there's ever a place where I'm not going to freeze, it's probably going to be deep inside the bowels of an active volcano. And, um, and, and like I, when I, when I picked up the ice beam and everything, I didn't really like, I didn't think about it that way. I was like, Oh my God, this, I was like, I must've just stumbled on to like the greatest <laughs> secret ever. I went from like one pathetic ice beam to an ice beam that was like worthy of being called the ice beam. So, I, I mean, and you know, like the, the entire time, like, these Metroids have that soft, squishy membrane. You're going to freeze that, shatter them, whatever. And obviously, as they develop armor over it, that's not likely. But the Queen, the what what blew my mind when I originally played this, and of course, I had no idea at the time, you morph ball, you go into morph ball mode and go down its throat and lay bombs in its stomach. I didn't know that. That is the way to play this game and do that boss fight. Oh, I'll tell you right now, it is so satisfying. Holy shit! I've always wondered <laughs> what the what the uh, like point of the little shitty mines besides yeah. like giving you an extra jump. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, because the the Metroids like of all of them, their main weakness is that squishy little membrane, and now you can go inside of it in the Queen and damage it from the inside. But obviously, the Queen retains all the normal Metroid properties. The second you go inside, it begins draining you of your life force. So it's practically a suicide mission. You need to get in and out as fast as possible. Hey, that's that's actually more satisfying than just basically launching a whole arsenal of missiles at it. Uh, do you have any other questions? Yeah. So, why is SR388 the only time we actually see Metroid evolution? Like, to the extent where we're, we're seeing, like, oh my god, guys, there's a queen in here, and, you know, the, right. like, why uh, why don't the rays that uh, cause them to multiply affect their evolution? The answer, more or less, it seems to be, is that it has something to do with the environment and the natural stimuli around it. Now... In the remake, there is something called Aeon Energy, A-E-I-O-N. And it's in the game, it's mostly just used as a mechanic to give you like four new powers, whatever. But you keep seeing it in these little like art pieces and motifs as this big yellow golden flowing energy. And it's it's an energy that seemed to be produced by the planet itself. And from what we can tell mechanically and maybe lore-wise, it's stored in all living things. So where my head's at on this, and most of the community probably, is that it triggered the metamorphosis in the Metroids. This this stuff, as far as anyone knows, isn't on any other planet. It's basically like getting one of those evolution stones in Pokemon, but for a really dangerous, <laughs> life-sucking creature. Yeah. Like, who would have thunk that this this perfect war, this, what is it, the ultimate warrior is what the Chosen called it, that it was going to get even deadlier? Right. No one would have thunk that. And it was nature that did it. Yeah, energy that the Chosa were harnessing because they just love playing God. Right, and my God, I swear to God, like, for people who have done so good, they have, like, boned everyone. Oh, they messed up, man. They messed up. And they're such a peaceful, like, technologically advanced people. They just, they blew it. And what's interesting, uh, so, beyond the Aeon stuff, like, just speaking about it environmentally, uh... Like, we see in Fusion, I think it's really, like, the first, like, environmental, like, it's Sector 1 of Fusion, uh, that we see the environment is a replica of SR388. It's the same little, the horn toads, the little frog guys, like, it's pretty much that uh, upper crust where it's just grassy and rocky and a little, a little humid looking. 
when in Metroid in Metroid Fusion wasn't there something that was going on with SR388 also and they were like collecting specimen the whole deal with that because the game opens with you exploring on SR388 with some researchers because there's no more metroids and the whole reason i think we covered this in the last one i'll reiterate it the, the entire reason the only reason the metroids were created was to combat the x parasite now that that predator no longer exists guess what comes out the x parasite and it's an equal it, arguably it's an equally bad threat it's still going to destroy all life like a metroid would so it's it's a fighting with fire situation is what the chozo created it's it's funny because it's like the chozo's original decision to confront this parasite instead of letting it letting it like stay in its natural habitat so to speak seems like it caused a, a greater issue and it caused and then we caused an even greater issue by getting rid of what they used to fix this whole thing in the first place Every time you clean a mess, it makes a bigger mess. Yeah, so it's like yeah, it's like cleaning up a uh, like spilled juice with a dirty dish towel. It's like your your mind is in the right spot, but you're just making it worse ultimately. Exactly. But hey, man, it's a government job. You're getting paid. And speaking of the government, I do like at this point when you really analyze it, the Galactic Federation is pulling some really strange dubious moves because they sure seem to want to know a lot about the metroid which which obviously you want to know about this ultimate warrior that's going to go around and kill everyone but they're really investing in research and we we really start seeing that in metroid fusion how did you how did you feel after defeating the queen like and you saw that little uh scene happen you want to describe that because i'm sure that had to be weird how serene it was compared to like the deathly fight and like anxiety you were probably riddled with like going through this planet i figured it was gonna be like okay here's this hard boss and then like now here's this even harder boss that we're throwing at you when you're like weak and i was just like okay this is about to suck and then i'm like no here's this little like tiny metroid that's a baby metroid hatches right in front of you and it's not giant and creepy or trying to like suck the life out of me it's like literally just like holy crap you're my mom and now I'm. Gonna it thinks you you're out. mom yeah and that just nice music plays and i mean honestly you have to think like from a story perspective samus makes the decision rather you make the decision even you can say not to kill right like your whole mission is kill the metroids and one just hatched in front of you and you just kind of let it hang out samus of course is a badass but she's not like heartless and it's funny because like that that little bit of uh flexibility i guess that she has in her personality to not always be cutthroat and care about the mission entirely those are the points that like have like a greater impact on her going forward and she's a bounty hunter she's freelance she doesn't owe anyone anything she did her job and eliminated the metroids on the planet like this was her choice and it's great that she even got to make that and it's like it's something that's good it's something that like ultimately will benefit her right and honestly this moment like that scene is the most important point in the metroid franchise yes this kicks off everything that happens from here on out in a giant butterfly effect right and i honestly feel like this is the point in the game that like where where like you really get the metroid title from right yeah that honestly yes you're absolutely right and it it was awesome like it was it was like really cool to see it was like it, it was something that since I didn't beat this game, I played Fusion, and then I'm like, oh, okay, this apparently happened, and then I'm like, holy crap, this is when that happened, so it's 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 awesome. And now you get to just peacefully leave the planet with it. You just 
there's nothing in your way just nice somber not somber but just relaxing music for the first time in this game oh my god yes oh the music's so bad in this like play this with the sound off if you ever play the original yes it's, uh, it's <laughs> until that scene it's literally noise torture <laughs> i so I, have a, so I do have another question too yes shoot who do you think disturbed this ecosystem more the chozo or samus okay the chozo 100 <laughs> percent and i'm just gonna list off reasons um <laughs> Number one, they came to this planet and just began colonizing it. They just said, this is where we'll set up and just put up labs and structures and temples and whatever. They just made a society there. Then they see, oh, the X-Parasite is fucking everything up. It's making all the little horn-toed frog guys attack and the bats are going wacky and all this. So let's eradicate it. They choose to destroy an entire species, a genocide, an extinction. Yes. So now they play God and artificially create a predator to destroy it that they call the ultimate warrior, the Metroid. And then, because they didn't have any foresight to, like, test it out and see what's up, the Metroids evolved because of the planet that they're on, and now they are the thing threatening all life. So, the Chozo say, whoops, and seal it underground. <laughs> they just seal it deeply into the planet, and then they create robots and labs that continue operating even long after their deaths on SR388. They just mess it all up and then die or bail. The the funny part, there are funny parts about this, and the, the seal it underground to take care of it is also a testament to how well the Chozo are at, like, not knowing what they've done and making things slightly worse. Yeah, like, they just, like, f they just put up some blocks and fill it with acid. Like, that's, that's how they solve this problem, these technologically advanced people. And it literally, like, kind of benefited the Metroid a bit because, like... You know, they could thrive underground because there's all these like like animals and whatever that they can drain life from. And it ultimately creates a queen. I mean, sure, they didn't get out into the galaxy. But yeah, they just created a bigger problem for later that someone was going to find out about. Then Samus is just undoing the original design. Like she's just coming in saying, all right, let's wipe the slate clean as much as we possibly can. For, for this particular question, it's funny because I would actually say that Samus disturbed this ecosystem more. <laughs> well, that's fair. She just came through with, with some heavy weaponry that was already on the planet because of the Chozo, by the way. They left it there for her to take care of this. True. And I guess like once we get to Metroid Fusion, my reasoning for this makes more sense. Okay. But like technically Samus is the reason why... Uh, the ex-parasite goes off planet. Well, yeah, but obviously she didn't know about it when she went there. True. That is true. I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, it's funny because there was ultimately, I can, I can, I think I can kind of place blame on both sides because I'm like, ultimately we had a creature that was terrible, but it wasn't like man-made terrible. It's like encountering a, um, like a snake or an alligator in the swamp. It's like, you know, this is dangerous, but hey, this is where this thing is. Maybe you should just avoid it. And instead of doing that, it's like, let me introduce super genetically engineered alligator killer <laughs> and let it loose with no regard whatsoever and then just go away and, you know, it's someone else's problem. And, and you know, so now you have someone else go and clean it up and then it's like, well, now we have that same alligator problem that we had before, so... 
no one is addressing both sides, and so that's why I guess I put both sides. Well, all right. At least it takes them till the very end of Fusion, which still, that is the most recent Metroid on the timeline, and I want Metroid 5, goddammit. But at the very end of Fusion, they kind of take care of the whole SR388 problem. So agree to disagree, I guess. Let's move on from this one. Right, right. My next question is... um, If a Metroid imprints at birth, why do you think they are so hard to control? So when they were larva on SR388, they were under control. They ate the X-Parasites, they did what they needed to do, whatever. When they were under control on Zebus, under Mother Brain in the first game, they did what they needed to do, they killed whatever they needed to kill, left Mother Brain alone. So the larva, at least, seemed very easy to control because they, I would assume, because they were engineered by the chozo to be like that mother brain was engineered by the chozo it's all you know it's the apple ecosystem it's all a bunch of working parts that talk to each other what threw everything off was that they evolved they didn't plan for that they didn't know oh god these things are gonna start attacking us now and we can't do anything about it that makes sense because I was like racking my brain about that I was like I could just create a bunch of stuff and then have them imprint on me and then I'm like the metroid god Right. So last time we talked about how um, Samus was essentially around to like make up for the Chozo's past, like like past mistakes. But I would really, after playing this game, really argue that uh, she seems to be pretty Chozo-like with her actions. What do you think about that? You know, I would agree, and honestly, just because it's a cyclical nature, because she's undoing their mistakes, uh, I'm not going to say, oh, well, because she has Chozo blood, she's acting like them. No, this is all her own choice. The reason why I would think that she is, like, Chozo-like would be because, I, I don't know, I guess the way I look at the whole, like, thing, the whole, like, cycle from the Chozo to Samus is the fact that, like, yes, they came to this planet, and it's like, oh my god, there's this creature that's, like, terrible, but the only reason the creature is really terrible is because, like, you're not part of, you're not actually from this planet, you're colonizing it, so you're kind of, like, outside of the natural, like, yeah, order Yeah, this is their things. world, you're just living in it, you Right, know? so it's not like these creatures pose a threat. Creating something to get them is what poses a threat, to be honest, you know, so, like, coming back in... And, like, eliminating these other creatures uh, is kind of Chozo-like to me. But, like you said, I do agree with what you said. Um, You know, sparing the baby Metroid is what broke the cycle. Absolutely. And, you know, as Super Metroid starts and how we're going to end, the galaxy is at peace. The last Metroid is in captivity. Well, that just about wraps it up for this episode. We want to thank you for tuning in and being part of the show. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter at lore underscore party and leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.